0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Yes, 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 and no, yes. This is TNC Radio, the next chapter. Our topic today is Vent Commune Hill Bill 2. Welcome to TNC Radio, the next chapter, where we will always be diving into open, in-depth conversations about dreams, determination, and education, and the journey taken to realize them. Focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next chapter. Tune in tonight with your host, A Town and
2: Gypsy Star.
1: Turn your, turn your volume up a little bit, man. I can't hear you. Or is it maybe that's me? Let me turn my volume up. Maybe it ain't you. Yes, and that is it. Last week we had a. A communal conversation we had people call in, and you know we talked and we built and we got we got we we got some i think we had some relevant conversation and some next chapter in other words, it wasn't just us doing the, the event and the commune we did some healing and we did some building, and you know that's what it's about so you know let's let's do a check in and um Go from there. So, Gypsy, break down your week in two hours or less in three to four minutes. There you go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Um, well, this week, I just basically. It's been a lot. I tried not to uh, watch so much of the chaos that was going on. I tried to. really sit and talk with family and friends in regards to uh, everything that's been transpiring that we've been watching, Um, it is at the forefront of just seems like everything at this point, Um, which is really interesting to uh, see this. See this conversation actually come back up and reemerge in the uh, sense that it, it that it did. I remember while I was at, uh, I'll just say my place of employment. Uh, I believe it was uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Someone had asked me um, what I thought of what was going on, and you know all of the rioting and the property damage. And, you know, it was one white guy that asked us this And it was two black guys sitting, you know, sitting there And one of the, you know, other than myself You know, the other guy was uh, a little older than me And, you know, he kind of gave a, you know, acute response. He kinda said, you know, for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. And me, I just kinda like didn't care. <laughs> you know, I had to, you know, just let him know about, you know, please don't have this conversation with me about property damage. And and, you know, I just kinda broke down a quick recap of everything we said last week and he just got up and walked away. Like, was like, Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just got up and walked away, which I found interesting to say the least. At that point, I, I, I realized that, um, uh, maybe I should kind of turn off the news for a little while. <laughs> and,
3: <laughs>
2: you know, I, cause you know, I was I was like a sentence away from full blown Malcolm X. So I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, let me let me back up. chase, <laughs> let me just let me chill out for a moment. Ah, you know, I'm sure we framed. He he almost got. You know, we didn't land on Clements Rock. Clements Rock landed on us. Like, he's I was, I was, <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, I know, I, I know that. I was like, ooh, this is not the forum, so, uh, <laughs> you know. All yes, indeed, problems. I understand that. Yeah, so, you know, you know, and I'm glad he caught me, you know, at the age I am now, because, you know, he'd have caught me in my, in my ute, it would have been on. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> um caught it, me in my ute, that's funny. Right, it, um. So, you know, one thing I find interesting is that everybody's trying to make sense of it from their perspective. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
2: And, you know, if it's not your reality that you live in or have to have a conversation, like I had a conversation with uh, a former supervisor that I was cool with. And, you know, I said, well, you know, you're having this conversation. With your kid, so he's not an asshole. I'm having this conversation with my kids, so it stay so we, so they stay alive. There's a <laughs> there's a stark and bitter contrast, and it's a painful contrast that comes with that. So you know, with that and you know, Drew Brees and Roger Goodell, which I want to get into uh, a little later. You know, I just. I found it was like I need to uh kinda back off of social media a little bit and back off of uh off of uh you know the news. But I did but I did happen to catch uh the funeral for uh George Floyd. And you know, as predicted, you know, as as, as I as, yeah, I, I you didn't even have to be Notre this shit. You know, old miss old dark and lovely himself, Mr. Dark and Lovely himself was their officiating. You know. Uh, Sharpton. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh no, man,
1: you still got a perm. I'm sorry. Y'all call me superficial or whatever.
2: Well, you know what? I'm no perm, no
1: leadership. No perm, no leadership. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: I'm having a sign. Straighten your hair.
4: You can't be there. <laughs> but, 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 but you know
2: something, something up with his perm now. Like his perm is starting to look like iced teas and breaking. Like so, it's not. You know, I don't know. Oh damn. What, yeah. So um, what I, what, you know, when I saw it. The good part about it was that, Dang, you know,
1: ice team breaking
2: you got to see black church for real on national t v fight like, <laughs> that was church <laughs> church so it was
4: is it special. was
2: it was yeah it was so that was good <laughs> you know, so that's that was my week. What about you oh uh Okay, my week.
4: um,
1: It's been a week of healing, and not necessarily me getting me doing me being healed, but me being involved in the process of people healing and dealing with themselves. I like to um, I like to specify that because sometimes when you do mental health work or you do any kind of work where it is helping people Take care of themselves Like oh you heard me It's like this. It was like, I don't hear people I don't cure people You ain't sick You You got an imbalance And I help you work it out You know Especially in mental health Like we're not actually Giving you a medicine That's actually Doing something for you Whether you want it or not And so um, It was one of those things Where it's like Been in sessions all week High emotions A lot of it is tied to What's going on Um I've just been moved to do poetry. Like, every time I look up, I'm doing another poem about what's going on because that's, you know, poetry is my first girlfriend and my first therapist. So, you know, I always run back to her. And, yeah, I've been doing that. I've been also focusing on keeping my head moving forward and finishing my projects. And so one of the things that I did with healing was, um I talked to some people, some family and some friends about ph- they were experiencing physically, so man, I made like um, five five shampoos. I made because uh, I'm into the natural healing and doing essential oils and stuff, just because it's working with me. So um, I made shampoo for like my brother, my two nephews, and my niece. I made a hair regenerative oil for um, for like um, my my brother, my nephew, my two nephews and my friend, I made a face oil. I made another acne oil specific to it. Like, I've just been doing that kind of stuff. And then I've just been expanding my oil game, just like I bought some more oils a day. Like, every time I see an oil, I'm like, oh,
2: I got to get that.
1: You know what I'm saying? It's like, and just ex- <coughs> expanding. Even for my brother, he got diagnosed with pneumonia. But it's I guess it's like a walking pneumonia, so he's not in the hospital the doctor gave him um, some antibiotics in the diffuser. So, you know, I got into my book, what we call it, my book of spells, and I started looking up, you know, looking in there, and I started researching, like, on some sites on the Internet about, like, some of the most um, effective oils, and I made him, I told him, I said, I made this kind of potent, so when you get it, you might want to do one or two drops in the water with the steam, because, I mean, I made him a witch's brew brother. (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you are gonna get better, you know, and so it's just, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just like, no, you gonna get better whether you want to, and now I don't care what's going on. So, yeah, man. So it's, and I'm, I'm just into it. So, I've determined like I'm gonna finish a, uh, a book on a psychological approach this week. I'm gonna finish my, teletherapy um, certification this week, and I'm gonna um, do at least because I'm on my second second lesson in Reiki. I'm gonna do at least two more lessons in Reiki this week, just getting ultimately focused, man, and positioning myself to figure out what my my life looks like. I had somebody speak over my life and they said, you know, we see I'm seeing you walking with like multitudes behind you like you're gonna be the voice for the unheard and for, you know, people, you know, um without a voice. You know, and I was just like, wow I said, you know, I, I was scared by it but I'm like, you know, uh if that's what I'm being led to, you know, I accept it, but, you know, I don't know how it's going to be, but, man, I'm just getting in a position where wherever I'm at, I'll be in a position to do what I need to do, both physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, still praying. You know, um, I haven't meditated in a couple of days, but I'm meditating on a regular basis, focusing and taking care of myself. Man, I'm I'm actually at peace and great. It's crazy, man. I'm like I'm, I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm happy, and I'm happy that I'm, you know, dealing with people. I mean, people calling me, man. A lot of people calling me in distress, trying to figure out what I'm doing, you know, what I'm eating, how are you hanging. And I'm making more of my own food, you know, and that was um, something that came from you and your pastor. You know, you need to be doing this. So it's like, okay. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at, man. I'm I'm actually hyper-focused, Um, When it comes to everything going around, you know, based on my history, what I've been through and who I've been mentored by, I have an absolutely different view of how things are going and what's happening and reactions to it and, you know, what I would do or what I think needs to be done. And so now I'm learning what my mentors taught me, like even Okata, like patience, you know, being attentive and aware, and then get in where you fit in. So, When I see my position and what's going on now, you know, I'm ready and willing to fill it. But I haven't seen it just yet. I don't know where or how I fit in in this scenario with my perspective. So I'm just like double dutch, which I guess is a terrible analogy because I can't double dutch to save my life. So I guess I shouldn't have said that, but it's just that's what I think about. It's like double dutch, you know, when they sit up there and they're Meter in the hits of the rope to figure out when to get in and start jumping. You know, so I'm getting my metaphorical revolutionary double dutch on and, you know. But I'm better at revolutionary double dutch than real double dutch. So don't worry. I ain't going to break my neck or fall. But yeah, man. That's where I'm at, man. I'm chill. I'm chill. Oh, hold up. I forgot. If y'all want to call in, this is the Vent Commune Hill Build. 646-668-2574. And we're going to do a lot of healing and building in this one. we still going to vent, but um, I really want to get into concepts of healing and building, and, and mainly because, like I said, I don't see stuff the way 95% of people do, including well, who we're calling leaders or activists or protesters and you know, I think we should include all views. you. You try on which one you like, but I got a whole lot of stuff to say that ain't in line with what's going on. So y'all might hate me after this and stop listening. But remember, I'm either taller or cuter than you, one or the other. No, I'm joking. Oh.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then ignorance comes in. Yeah, but, you know, to mess up a serious moment with a piece of stupidity. But, yeah, man, that's, that's where I'm at, man. So what have you found interesting in the news? Because you said you've been watching – Looking at um, social media and stuff, man. What what is your take on where we're at? And and you know, I want to ask specifically because they're saying now, you know, they're noticing more white people and non African American people at the um, at the protests. And some people say I mean, that represents a fundamental change in what's going on. And signals that this this time is different, what do you think about that that- assert, um that assertion and um yeah, break it down i. Uh... <laughs> Do I have to give my um disclaimer, or are we good?
2: <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do it. I, I don't know what's about to come next, so you might want to. Yeah, uh, give the views to the
1: of Gypsy Soul are not necessarily the views of the um DL Network, Radio Network, TNC Radio, or anybody else on the planet. But here we express our views, and we don't hold nothing back. So if you got a weak constitution, or you know you real sensitive you might want to plug your ears or just be ready to stick your fingers in your ears at opportune times. With that, get in, Jips. All
2: right. It's like this. White folks was out there beforehand, right? Um, There was a protest like the first week that this started. And the... In in DC, and you literally saw the police antagonizing. It was it was it was like white folks was on the left, black folks was on the right, and the police were drawn to antagonize and push the black folks and white people who were in the protest. Stood there and was like, oh my, this is amazing. Like, they were at a championship UFC fight. This shit boggled my mind. And at that point, I remember, because I watched ABC's coverage of it. I believe it was not this past Saturday night, but the Saturday where all hell just broke loose. And... It was so ironically funny that the protesters were violent. They were antagonizing police. Clearly, you saw the police just running ramshot over people. Here in Cleveland the protest was peaceful until the police shot tear gas. They claimed that they told people to to disperse. And I, from several people who were there, said no one heard the disperse call. They didn't put it on a megaphone or anything like that. They just start shooting tear gas. Again, Yes, we are all rallying for George Floyd, the consistent police brutality and consistent murdering of black people indiscriminately. Black folks, Negroes, colors, African-Americans, I don't know what the fuck we going by this week. Um, Africans, I don't know what we're going by this week. We ain't, we ain't figured it out yet for our damn selves. But I right. vote
1: for Coloreds. Coloreds just sounds like the movie, and it just reminds me of my grandmother, and I miss my grandmother. And she'd be color folks, the Negroes, so we can be color folks and Negroes in the name of my grandmother. You know? Um, okay. The black folks would get mad at that. I don't care, because I miss my grandmama, and so there you go.
2: So it was one of those things where hearing that, and now that you see White people At the Forefront you see the tactics Change they put white people in the front Black people in the back And now All of a sudden the protests Are peaceful They're just Marching and it's That very Thing is I've I'm, I'm, part of me wants to say that's the very fucking thing that we're talking about. (laughs) And it's the news cameras that's covering this shit and saying these things. Not to say that we don't have actual allies, but then we have people like Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. This fuck nugget comes out and I don't know if he just his heart, <laughs> okay I'm sorry, or whatever, but he comes out and says, "Oh, well, you know, we were wrong. We should have let the uh players you know protest, this is an injustice, this that and the other, and yet you've blackballed a man for this. you've had a Magical change of fucking heart because you can see the bottom line for the company to which you represent has a chance of going way down. You can't afford that. So I don't think your change of heart is, you know, like you woke up and just had some epiphany. I think it was to save your own ass and your corporation's ass.
4: Well, isn't
1: that America? Is that the way it's always
2: worked? Hello. (laughs) Um, So when I hear things like that, you can say I'm skeptical. You know, an ally isn't somebody who's jumping up and screaming, I'm down in a time of trouble. An, an a a true ally is somebody who is always there that's an ally you know that that's an ally they're not just going to say okay well you know it's time to fight somebody so we're going to go over there and yeah we're going to do this for you no know, you should have been out there 6 years ago 10 years ago where where were you going all this time if you were just eating your Chobani yogurt and doing your fucking yoga and 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 not really giving a damn, but it's a, it's trending now. We good. Fuck you. We don't need you because you're not helping. You are actually. You mean well. But you're not actually helping. If you were, if you really felt that passionate about this issue before it was trending, before you could put it on a hashtag and get likes on social media, you should have been out there when Tamir Rice got murdered. You should have been fighting for change long before this. Now, some people are late to the party. I give you that. But I can't, you know, especially like I said, I watched the news and literally saw white protesters out there, allies, who turned and watched the police beat up on black folks right there. And it was on it. It was on a shot on NBC. And the and the uh, newscaster. you know, stated that the Black Protesters, you know, the Black Lives Matter protesters are are antagonizing police. Certain things, oh, and by the way, ABC is also owned by Disney, just in case y'all want to start looking into stuff and figuring out where your money goes and who you're actually supporting. Let us not forget that Disney is also the same people who gave us that that racist-ass classic Songs of the South. Let us not forget that. I'm conflicted when I say that because I'll, they also own Marvel and Star Wars, and I like both of them, but... You know, some things you can't um Yeah, but you hey, can't, they didn't create a major shape. So that's different.
1: Yeah. They didn't create Marvel. They bought it, so
2: so, so you, know. you know, just just so you are aware. So, you know, I, I'm I'm the way they're they're uh Reporting these things, I think some of it is just to keep the just it, some of it is to keep the 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 angry negroes in line.
1: You mean there angry negroes? Angry? <laughs> well, I,
2: I I really what I really want to say is the angry negroes. <laughs>
1: The colors. You know, the spooks.
2: You know, and and that's and that's just me because I don't think that um you know I here's the thing. Roger Goodell, once Drew Brees made that comment and several NFL players, you know, start making videos and going on social media. You know, he realized that if most of those black players decide that, hey, they're going to go and they're going to talk to other prominent black millionaires and get other investors and start their own league, the NFL is done. NFL is done. You know, if LeBron James, how he feels and, and he has the clout to get with a couple of mega superstars like uh, like Ali Raleigh, a lot of the black athletes in the 60s around him, Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, and several other prominent figures, and if they were to rally hook up with Ice Cube, who actually owns his own basketball league, the NFL would pretty much just be a bunch of guys from from Europe playing. And nobody's watching. It. You know. So I look at things like you know, at the beginning, middle, and end of the day, a lot of these people are just going to try and support, are going to try and uh, make their money work for them. If if their hearts and, and minds are really true for it, allies, come on, we like you, we want you. But the way I'm seeing this play out in the media is you know it was white folks there when the police were beating up on niggas they just didn't show them. or if they did show them, you could actually see the difference in how they were dealing with white protesters like it was it was so funny to me because you know that same thing in DC when you saw uh i think 4 or 5 days later uh the the Australian camera one, the Australian reporter camera guy get hit with the baton and everybody's oh my god that's so shocking no it's shocking to y'all
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> for black and brown people it's a fucking tuesday like it's, it's not mm-hmm. a shock to us you know that's that right, right. <laughs> so it, it it it's it's not Uh, A big major thing to me It's like Okay thank you You're finally seeing what we're saying But it's been like this You know If you really And if if I've invited people To one do their homework Two If you really want to understand this And you really don't want to take the time to try and go on Amazon, find a book, you know, do all this. Just go on Netflix and watch 13th. It's about the 13th Amendment and the prison industrial complex and the systemic racism surrounding locking up black and brown people, especially black folks in this country. And if you have the same opinion after watching that, You're just a crap-ass person, and there's no need for me to even say shit to you.
1: (laughs) All right, if y'all got something to say about what's going on, if you think this is different now because there are more people of different races and different ethnicities because race is a social contract. Construct really different ethnicities and nationalities coming out. Call in 646-668-2574. Let us know what you think. Um you let me know when you're done, Gips, because um, uh, you you need to give a partial disclaimer that people don't get their feelings hurt when I talk. But um, I'm I'm going to be clinical, but I'm I'm going to be crushing. So uh, you know you can give a disclaimer. You can just let people catch it. Let me know when you're done so I can get my hunky off because I really need to.
2: Oh, uh, I concede my time to the gentleman from
4: LA. <coughs> <Paisley>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there's so much, but I'm going to give bullet points. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to say it like this it is different. But it isn't. It's different in that it's known and people are coming out. It's not different in the fact that it's happening. So let's deal with this. A majority of America did not actively participate in enslaving the Africans. They didn't. A majority of America Actively Talked in a condescending manner For the South for engaging in the process And then there were some Who actually got involved through, their, through overt abolitionist movements Through being involved with The um, the Underground Railroad for, um, And then all the stuff in between all of that, you know, or, you know, even, you know, the, you know, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, but, you know, um, plantation owners who attempted to bring um, enslaved Africans to them and, and give them more humane treatment. I mean, so if you took all the white people in the abolitionist movement, the underground railroad movement, those who were allies, those who actually spoke condescendingly against, you know, enslavement of Africans and how it made people look, I venture to say it would look like the protest now. But the issue is not who has a problem with it that's willing to voice the problem. I mean, I, oh, let me explain when I say not look like it now. If they had social media stuff back then, where everything and every part of your life was on TV and this, that, and the other, and they could see you in the corners and crevices of your life? Yeah. I mean, it would be white folks on the air talking about those southern, you know, unrefined, unsophisticated, you know, brutal folks who did this. But the question, like Gypsy was talking, you know, alluded to, unless that is going to result in some meaningful and impactful action, it doesn't mean anything. You can be disgusted and go back to your lives. You can be disgusted and go back to participating in the system that is benefiting on and perpetuating the problem that we have. The question becomes, in the difference that I want to know, are you going to refuse to go back to your lives when this doesn't pan out? When racist cops and messed up police um, police unions, and I say messed up because you subvert the law, you should be sub- subject to the same law we are. You shouldn't get the 48 hours to re- to get your story together, talk to people involved in view the evidence against you, unless everybody can. So in- unless you're willing to refuse to go back to your life, unless you're refusing to benefit from the system that was built off of us,
4: then what are we doing? And I don't see people who are willing to refuse to go home.
1: I see people who are willing to come out. But I'm not sure that I see people who are refusing to go back home at one point. And then the other thing is, again, we've done this. For all those who don't understand, there is no law or right that people of African descent had once they got on this continent. And once they abolished slavery, there was um, enslavement, there was not one law written referring to rights of people of African descent in this country, and specifically those who were enslaved. So every right, every concession from overseers to officers that we had has come at the cost of our blood, breath, and spirit. And every concession came with a promise, it's going to be different. And America has not learned that you cannot legislate Humanity. You cannot legislate compassion. You can't legislate integrity. You cannot legislate it. There is not a law that exists that doesn't get broken, regardless of the penalty, regardless of the harshness, regardless of the finality. We have states that, were, you know, George Bush, when he was in, um, when he was talking about, um, being governor of Texas, he said that he didn't mull over. It was something like he didn't mull over, um death um was it um people being put to death for more than five minutes or something crazy like that whatever the time it was a very short time period like why wow, you admit that's as long as you took so you're not going to legislate it so to walk out here and believe that oh we're going train people we're going to legislate people they're going to see this they're going to see this and it's going to be different Let, let's be for real White folks saw us work from can't see in the morning to can't see at night and they still called us lazy if we didn't meet their quota. White folks saw us create things while we were enslaved and they took the patents because we couldn't have them and they still called the enslaved African who made it stupid. You can't legislate this stuff. And legislation should always be the secondary means. The first means is raising people who don't do this shit. It is going in your homes individually and whooping the ass mentally, spiritually, physically of anybody who thinks this shit is good and changing it. And I don't mean whooping them in a brutal way. I'm talking about as they say in the army, beating that ass into shape, or whoever they say it. I don't know if they say it. I've never been in the army. I've heard it beating that ass into shape. We're talking about a righteous beating. We're talking about a purging, a a a a, a, a challenging, a tuning of a person. But everything we believe is pretty much set. Eighty percent of everything we believe and hold true is set. By the time they're six, to six years old, some, some people say eight, but six to eight years old, if you have not reached a person by then, chances are they're going to grow into the cops you see now. So white people, you want to do us a favor? Raise better white people. Go home and make sure that by the time your child is eight, they've never heard the word nigger in your home. They've never heard the word thug or criminal in your home regarding an entire ethnicity or race since we're in America. Make sure that they've never seen bigoted behavior. Make sure they don't see you prescribing and proscribing attitudes and behaviors and lifestyles and limits to black folks. See, these cops don't just come out of the matrix, they come out of a culture and a culture based on what we saw in Minnesota that they believe is okay, condoned, and that they're going to get away with. They weren't trying to hide it. He leaned on that dude's neck with his hands in his pockets. in his pockets. He didn't do this in in the cover of Darkness in the Alley. He did this while he knew he was being filmed in broad daylight with people walking by. We have to take responsibility for our atmosphere where, he, where people will believe that this is okay. So white people, I understand you out there protesting and doing everything. People of every other color, I understand you out there protesting and doing everything. But if you really want to help people, and I mean people of every ethnicity, race, color, whatever, however you want to do, raise better people. And then hold them accountable. Even if you don't raise better people, still hold them accountable to a standard. Tell them you can't bring your raggedy ass in my house. Women, tell those cops, and if it's a woman cop, dudes, tell your woman, you ain't laying between these legs as long as you do that dumb shit. You ain't going to come in this house and then teach that stuff to our children. If you want to do that, divorce me, take your ass, and go live with your friends who do that. Hold people accountable. And though I like the public outcry, the public outcry only comes when we have no other option. People who have options exercise those options if they believe they're effectual. This shows that we don't believe that we have any other effectual option, which means that, one, the cops are not in us or of us, that, two, that we don't have any influence on this structure, And that, three, we don't have anybody in there that we can just walk up to and petition and believe that we're going to be heard, and if we're heard, that that petition is going to be acted on. So we are dealing with all of this junk that nobody is talking about. And then when we talk about we want change, we want this, that, and the other, let me tell you something. This is the elephant in the room that nobody seems to understand. These cops, and we're just speak of George Floyd, but I'm not. I'm talk, I don't. But I don't say I wouldn't. I, I'm not. i am not i have not any protests. But if I would, I wouldn't be protesting for George Floyd. I wouldn't be protesting for anybody, Castillo, Mike Brown, or anybody. Because see, what that does when we try to singular, singular, when we make it singular, when we try to do that focus. That actually perpetuates what people are talking about oh, this is just an individual thing. This is just this one time. No, I'm not doing it for one name. I'm doing it for all names, even the names that didn't make it. So no, I'm not out here for George Floyd. I'm not speaking for George Floyd. I'm speaking for everybody in that continual line, that chain of death, oppression, and just disregard of life that George Floyd is a part of. No, I ain't out here for him. I never, I wouldn't be out here for anybody. I'm out here because it is an injustice, it is a wrong, and it's a continual thing. And so when we break it down to this individual thing, we say, oh, no, it's not individual. It is everything. So let's get back to what I was saying. Then I'm going to shut up. These cops know there are laws. Hence, they say, we're here because you're breaking the law. So we talk about these cops are just racists oh, this is racism and this is that, it's fine. Let me tell you something. That ain't even half the picture. These cops have policies. And unless there's a policy for kneeling on somebody's neck for nine minutes while two other people are kneeling on their back, and to not even acknowledge his screams, and then to say stuff like when there's three people on your back, why don't you get up and get in the car? Unless there's a police policy on that, they're not only shitting on our race, they're shitting on police policy. There is a social contract between police and the community, at least it's supposed to be. Because even though you cannot legislate everything, there is supposed to be the belief that these cops are inherently protectors of society and supporters of the people. So they shitted on that. Then there's the actual laws that they're supposed to be enforcing. There's a law against assault. There's a law against murder, whether it's voluntary, involuntary, manslaughter, whatever you want to do it. There is a social dictate as far as human decency and commonality, I mean, in common sense. There's also the human instinct to know when you're acting like an ass. And so these cops, in broad daylight, on camera, shit it on all of those, the responsibility as a cop, the social contract, the laws that they protect, the, 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 the idea of common decency and human respect. And they did all of this in broad daylight. And then you're going to tell me that you're going to pass some legislation that's going to take a person like that and make them act right. Let me get this right. They publicly shit on the law, the badge, the social contract, and human decency on camera. But there's a law that you're going to pass that's going to change that.
4: Get the fuck out of here. You can't legislate humanity. You can't do it. So let me tell you something.
1: All these people in the streets, all these people of all these different races. Let me tell you what you have that black folks don't have. In most cases, that's a glass or a huge ceiling. See, I can't walk in and become a, a, a CEO of a company without race and ethnicity and power structure being being discussed. But if you're white, and especially if you're the son of the CEO or the daughter of the CEO or the nephew, or the niece, you could actually be in line for their company. So don't come out in the street with me. Go with them and then break that glass ceiling and that huge ceiling. All you children of police who can just go in and join that fraternity just because your parents are there, become a police person and then break the cycle by just not being like your parents. So there's a lot of shit that can be done if you're willing to put your mouth to it. But if the people and don't actually become the people carrying the guns and wearing the uniforms, if the people protesting don't actually become the people who make policy and the politicians, this is what our life is going to look like. Because if it's not the people who believe in equality, who believe in humanity and human rights, who are taking these positions? The only left are the people. The only thing left are the people who aren't. And if they don't, why would you expect them to? It goes back to the story of the snake and the frog. White folks, if you ain't familiar with this, or black folks, if you ain't. It's the story of a fo- of a snake trying to get across the pond. And the snake asks the frog,
4: "Can I light across?" It's on it's your scorpion, back. Brother. And the
1: frog says, "It's a scorpion, huh? It's a it's scorpion. scorpion, whatever. I heard snake." It's a scorpion. Whatever, it's a, it's a scorpion. And the scorpion says, take me across. And the frog says, no, because you're going to sting me kill me, and that's going to be that. And then the scorpion said, listen, man, I promise you, I need to get across this pond. As long as you get me across the pond, I won't kill you. Just get me across the pond. frog so said, okay, take the scorpion across the pond. Soon as the scorpion gets his little hind legs on dry land, he stings and kills stings the frog. The frog is dying, and the frog said, "I thought you said you weren't gonna sting me." And the scorpion said, "I'm a scorpion. What do you expect me to do?" So the the, the story the, the moral of the story is, if the scorpion couldn't get across the pond, and so the frog, dumbass, taking the scorpion across the pond, you go across the pond. That way you ain't got to worry about him killing you. So, people, white folks, people of our ethnicity who have access through lineage, through heritage, through ethnicity, to the halls of power. Don't put the scorpion on your back and take him across the pond. Just go across the pond. Go Fill these positions of power and authority, and just be fucking different. And we wouldn't need all of this if the people who are out in those streets were the people carrying the guns Or wearing the uniforms and making the policies. We wouldn't need to do this. The only reason we don't, we're doing this is because oh, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to be a cop. I don't want. What then? Damn. If you can, you don't want to be a cop. What's left? You can't legislate. You have to act. And there are some places where we can't walk in. As people of color, we can't walk in and just get those jobs. And if we get those jobs and we start acting out, we are dead meat. But see, the thing about it is it would be really hard for police to enforce the wall of blue if all of their children became policemen and then not told on and just refused to do what they did and refused to participate. I mean, what you gonna do? You gonna kill your kids and you go on to your wife and say, Where's Johnny? I killed him. Where's Susie? I shot her. She, you know, she didn't want to be a crooked cop like me.
4: No, that's not gonna happen. So it's like any other any other battle. Based on the artillery, based
1: off of the weaponry that you have, you do certain things. And if you are just cool, like if you can blend in, you become a spy. Damn it, become a spy. But goodness gracious, no, nothing's going to change except the sophistication of the of of, of of the oppression. Think about it. Cops got badges and numbers on them, so you can always tell who they are, hold them accountable. They put tape over their badges, take off their badges. We got body cams, and all of a sudden these cops who could get through through um, through whatever, whatever training they are. All of a sudden, can't operate batteries or, free, you know, get absent-minded. Don't turn on cameras and, you know what I'm saying? Or the cameras, are, you know, just magically go off at, at inopportune times for the people that are after, opportune times for them. You know, we to have um, citizen review boards, and then all of a sudden – Now the citizen review boards, well, we want a majority citizens. No, we got to have cops. But then even then, the citizen review boards don't have any damn power. So we've seen this before. Everything that you promised people of color that you were going to put in place to protect us has failed. So, yes, I am happy that we keep pushing it and keep trying to make it tighter. But if we don't actually do something – other than legislate, all we're going to do is die in a more sophisticated manner, because you can't legislate humanity, you can't legislate tolerance, and you can't legislate the racism and racism that's inherent or un or inherent or you know or overt in somebody. Away. When I say inherent, I mean I'm talking about people who um, inherited, like, racist thoughts but really don't understand that they are. And then I'm talking about the overt people who inherit them and they know they are because of the way they were taught them. But you can't legislate that shit away because it's based on people's personal beliefs and positions in life. And the only thing that changes a personal belief in life usually is some either intellectual enlightenment An emotional enlightenment Or a traumatic event And I'm tired of having to depend on those
2: I just damn Tag me in Tag me in
1: (laughs) Um, And I concede If I have any time left To the gentleman who lives in Cleveland right now
2: (laughs) All right You've unpacked a lot And allow me to go through it In a different manner (sighs) First and foremost, you talked about the home and the community and this, that, and the other. And a lot of people are, yes, I, I think the protests are beautiful. I think, you know, people will probably get mad at me. Burn shit down, yes. Yes, burn it up. Burn it up. If you need if you need matches, I will go to the store and buy you the big ass campfire wooden ones. Hold, hold, hold up,
4: the disclaimer that I gave
1: before he talked still counts. Now I'm just saying. All right, go ahead.
2: <laughs> and the reason why I, <laughs> the, the reason why I say that is because unfortunately, it takes that to get your. Fucking attention, okay. I that is not my first call of action, but if it ends up going there, it's. It, I, I said it last week. It's like someone who is having a conversation with somebody, and they're you know they're speaking in a conversational tone, and everything is cool, but if somebody's just not trying to hear what you're saying. Your voice is going to get elevated and you are going to yell and you may even use some profanity. That is the same thing that is happening physically at this hour. So I'm not mad about it. I understand it to a certain degree. Um, But I want to go back to something, a couple of of quick points because you talked about Law enforcement When I was in the Marine Corps I, I worked with the Border Patrol in Texas For for a little while And We were in the middle of the desert And the Border Patrol agent said Hey look If you are out here and you see a guy Look over One of the sand ridges One of the sand dunes in the desert He said just <laughs> Open fire Don't say halt Don't any of that shit Just start firing because usually it's going to be a bunch of Mexicans trying to storm the border. Just open fire. Now this is a law enforcement agency telling the Marine Corps, "Just open fire, fucker." Whoa, mind blown, but not really. It was just like, wait, what? <laughs> but not really. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I'm black in America. Like I'm just, like it it jives. It it it, it, it yeah. It, it, you know it's like okay, this is on par. <laughs> right?
4: and it blew you
1: away, but then it brought up your genetic memory. Like oh, I remember oh.
2: this.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Like it was like oh, nigga, got you. <laughs> you know, <but laughs> that goes to say now you have. A police force that is now a paramilitary organization all across America, any town, ever. There's no reason why a fucking police force has a tank. Like, I can't understand. Like, that shit, it, it, it's not rational to me. Now, yeah, raise your... Black Lives Matter. Yes, they do. We mattered. We mattered when we were fucking slaves, too.
1: Enslaved,
2: not slaves.
1: Enslaved.
2: No. we. Yeah, well, some of us were slaves. Not just enslaved. Some of us went along with...
1: The
4: okay, I, you, you, you
2: gonna, I can't argue with that. Some of us did we it know. as a profession. <laughs> I never, still, some of us took it serious. And it's still some niggas running around saying, We sick boss
1: today. <laughs> Who took that junk seriously, like, no, I'm not going to just be right. enslaved. I'm going to be a
2: slave. Right. This is my profession. This is what God make called Mass me to proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, raise your fists, but raise your children. I can't tell white folks what they need to do, because white folks got their shit to get somewhat together. Black folks, We talk about history all the time on here. If you really want to get down to it, everybody loves the image of the Black Panther party because them niggas had berets, black jackets, and guns, and they wasn't scared of the police. But you know what them? But you know what them Negroes also knew the law. The law. You know why they why they started was to patrol their neighborhood so that shit didn't jump off, i.e. police brutality, and if it was too many drug dealers and shit on the corner, they ran them niggas out of there. They took their community back. By and crook, the Head Start program that you send your child, which is now a government-funded program, actually started... With the Black Panther Party in Oakland It's the same damn program
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right
2: If you got Listen, I said it last week and I said it this week I don't need to hear a bunch of bootlicking preachers Who two weeks ago, three weeks ago was talking about the about the dope dealers and all them niggas most churches are in the black neighborhood are in part of the worst neighborhoods in the fucking country in, in the fucking city. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. hundred and five is a terrible fucking neighborhood now. Okay, it is. And you have that's like church alley. Am I wrong? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. okay. So so it's like Church Alley. It's a row of churches like next to each other. Right? That's like all only thing that niggas can build on a Monopoly board is churches, barbecue joints, hair hair salons and fucking liquor stores. It's all we know how to build on a Monopoly board in our neighborhood, in our community. And in each one of those churches, guess what they have? Security guards outside. You wouldn't need a security guard if you brought your ass outside and dealt with the community. That's what the church is there for. That's what the church is there for. So that's first and foremost. If you live in a community, you see somebody throw a bottle down, hey, pick that shit up. We don't do that. Here, take control of your lives and not let your lives be legislated or taken control by somebody else. Because if you do, your black ass is still enslaved. Now, if you live in a place that has a black bank, Take all your little money out of Chase Manhattan, Bank of America, or or whomever, and put it in that black bank if you're black folks. You may not want to start a business. That may not be your thing. But find a black business and support it. You ain't got to do all. Yes, sir. Just do one. Just do one. Yes,
4: sir. Yes, and black sir.
2: business owners don't act like motherfuckers coming in there spending their hard-earned money with you, them doing your black ass a favor. You need them. No matter what your business might be. It's a lot of people who are banking on us to just continuously ask to be recognized as Human beings. One of the most poignant signs that you see in old civil rights photos. You see a 60 year old dude with a sandwich board sign, you know, sign that they got on them front and back, and it reads, I am a man. So he wasn't fighting for civil rights He was fighting for human rights I don't know where we got civil I don't even know who that bitch is Human rights Has always been the thing So if somebody's not going to Recognize your humanity Why are you dealing with them? That's a good question Period Period. If if a if a woman is in an abusive relationship and you do counseling,
4: are you gonna or or, or or
2: just a friend, are you gonna invite her to beg and plead her man not to keep putting his foot up her ass? Or are you gonna tell her direct her to the nearest hotel room and find a way out of that situation? Now, I know I sound like a separatist when I say this, but if you're not going to follow the social contract
4: completely,
2: there is, you've already shown that you have no intentions on following the social contract. It don't exist, or you are following the social contract, we just ain't fully read and understood the fine print in it. So you know what? Much like Roosevelt, we gotta get us a new deal. And that new deal may not include you.
4: Because let me let me tag in here.
1: Oh, go ahead. Let me tag 16, in real soon. 19, I got something.
2: You didn't showed us that this wasn't what it was? Period. Now that's That's for us because, like you said earlier, don't go back to your life as it was. Black lives matter. Yeah, they matter. But it also matters when Pookie and Ray Ray shoot niggas down as well as white folks. Now, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Now, I'm not just blaming us for all of our ills, but there's some things that we got, to, we got to keep ourselves in check and we got to not allow that in our communities by not allowing it in our homes, by not letting it evolve in our own selves. Deal with yourself, deal with your community, and then the rest of the world would know how to deal with you. Because at the beginning, middle, and end of the day, until you until you start burning down shit and affecting money, they didn't give a damn about you because you didn't really understand what you possessed. Now when all this is said and done, you're gonna have the same police officers and your neighborhood is gonna have boarded up buildings and this, that, and the third, and they're gonna wait until they flood the flood the dope back in, pacify you. Because that's what they're trying to do now, because if you look on social media and on the news, you got these police officers kneeling with, with people now, you know, because they're seeing that, okay, invoking Martin Luther King Jr. don't work no more. So uh, if we do this, they're, change, they're evolving and changing their tactics. When are we? you fighting a 21st century issue. With a mid with a mid twentieth century solution that
4: don't work. So, so let me tag
1: in, Gibbs. Let, let me tag in. So, I say, I like I, I, I do, you know, from a clinical and historical perspective. So let me tell you a couple of things that I mean for people who know history. This is going to be a review. For those who don't, let this be another introduction. See, everybody goes around touting the Emancipation Proclamation. Lincoln freed the they say he freed the slaves, I I say enslaved Africans. And now Gypsy talked about, you know what I'm saying? You know, um people doing stuff to try to pacify us to get us to do stuff, and then, you know, people doing things, you know, but are you willing to do the big things, you know? I think, in essence, that's what he was saying, too. Okay, you're out here, but what are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? You know, and there is a history of white folks doing things, making grand gestures to black folks to keep us either from rising up or to keep this nation together. So, for all those who have not read the Massachusetts Proclamation and say, if we enslaved Africans, well, the, the wording in it said that any Negro, or slave, I forgot the word to use, but any any Negro, we'll say Negro, who was enslaved, and any person enslaved in a southern state, that is, warring against the Union Shall be free It didn't say enslaved people should be free It didn't say enslaved people in the North would be free Because if I remember right, there were two northern states Who had slavery as a, um enslavement As a financial institution um, It didn't free them It only freed enslaved people in southern states warring against the Union. And it also says this in the Emancipation Proclamation. Only enslaved people in nations warring against the South who fight on behalf of the Union will never be enslaved again. See, that's what it says. It didn't free you. It freed you if you were an enslaved person fighting, I mean, in, um, in, in, the, in, the, in the state fighting against the North. Now, this is the problem. The South had
4: seceded
1: from the Union, they had set up their own government, the Confederacy. They didn't listen to Lincoln. So that would be like some me working at Apple. And setting up Apple and then leaving and taking half the employees with me and then Apple writing a mandate for my new company saying that anybody working for my company could take off and still maintain employment. It ain't your company. You can't give my people time off. The only way... That document means anything Is if the North Wins the Civil War Well that's the way anything Will make it but I mean literally This is a wartime document You can't free people In a a place that doesn't acknowledge Your government and then it's only In those places And then you saying if I'm freed And I refuse to fight For you against the people who enslaved me I can go back That's the pimp game. For real. So when you look at these things, and there's a whole bunch more we could go through, America has a history of making concessions to either keep white people in line or keep white people together. And it has nothing to do with us. We just happen to be the benefactors in this case of a misnomer, a misconception that turned into something. And for all those who say, well, you know, you got, <clears throat> got rid of slavery and enslavement. Well, if that's the case, why would we need the 13th Amendment? I mean, why are we going to make an amendment against something that don't exist anymore and that can never come back? Yeah, okay. That's like making a law against something now saying, you know, a horse and carriage, you know, got to have um, a lantern, you know, five feet in front of it going down the street. Like, unless you now wait honest, a minute. this.
2: Now, wait a minute. Because you touched on the 13th Amendment. Give them the history of the 13th. Because that's very important. Because that'll also let you know how the police are used against your black ass. And I'm going there.
1: Up. Huh?
4: Oh,
1: so let me finish my point. Then you can touch on the 15, okay. on 13th. Because I asked that where I was going. So when you look at it You can't look at grand gestures As the end And there's a quote that I put up now it's the second or third time I put it up By um, Paul Roberson He said the equal position to which we aspire Cannot be reached Without the equal rights that we are fighting for And therefore The acquisition of these rights are not the maximum goal but the minimum necessity. Understand that in a diverse country, especially where you are outnumbered and you don't have access to the halls of power, people who represent, are representative of, or are affiliated with the power structure, speaking out on your behalf is the minimum necessity. It is the minimum you need, you in minimum you need an ally, a joint voice that can get people to hear when they're not listening to you. That's the minimum you need. So them walking out for us, them doing it for whatever reason, that's the minimum. That's the least we need. So to think now it's going to be different, no, because, I mean, it happened before. Historically, it happened before, and historically, America as a whole has either turned a blind eye or totally negated and ignored whatever strides we made and continued doing what they were doing, so don't get caught up in the fanfare, in the glitz, in the in, in, in the wonder and awe of everybody coming out. It happened before. You know, I'm not much for quoting celebrities, but I do agree with Will Smith. He said racism ain't be, being, you know, become more prevalent, it's just getting filmed. And people coming out, that's happened before. Don't forget the Freedom Rise. It was white folks who died on them buses, too. It was white folks who died next to black people. It was white folks who instituted, instituted rebellions against slavery and died next to enslaved Africans fighting for their freedom. This ain't new. But it's never been a, consort, a concerted, uh, was it? it's never been a concentrated movement. It's never been an overwhelming force. What happens is, They fight, they protest, they go home, and then they begin turning a blind eye again. And all of the people who are liberal, and I don't mean the folks in politics, I mean those who are walking out now, who are speaking out now, saying stuff now, none of those people, or at least not a preponderance of the people where it is enough Ever come out and take over the position So we end up always petitioning To the position For mercy For pity For understanding But you notice White supremacists don't do that Rich people don't do that Because they have representatives in the government that, in, the, in politics That make those decisions for them They just go talk to them Like hey Jimmy I need you to act on our behalf if we don't get people in there to act on our behalf, understand, in some form or fashion, we're just going to be doing this again. That's it. Nothing is new. It's just getting filmed. Even people coming You're right.
2: out. You're right. You're right. So, even with that, you touched on the 13th Amendment. Let me let me read this. The 13th amendment to the United States Constitution provides that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So in other words, every time somebody is disproportionately targeted by the police, they are enacting slavery. those are catchers of old now making new slaves. now, yeah, don't get me wrong. I like what uh what uh Richard Pryor said when he was talking about how he and Gene Wilder was uh filming crazy. He said not nah, every brother is, is 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 guilty. Some of them niggas need to be there forever. You know, cuz he had asked <laughs> one brother, brother, you know, hey, you know what you do? I'm in here for murder. I killed I killed the whole family. Nigga, did everybody got it? And he asked me, he said, well, nigga did everybody have to die? Why did you kill everybody?" He said, "Well, shit, they was harmed. That motherfucker needs to be in jail for Yes, (laughs) Yes. That's not what we are
4: discussing.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? We are not talking about that, Negro. Okay? (laughs) We are not talking about him. We are talking about somebody who may have gone, who may have had three dime bags of weed on him in 1982 and is just now getting out of jail. we're talking about that guy. We're talking about somebody who was convicted of a crime that they never committed. We are talking about just in New York where we, you and I both lived. You could be coming home off the subway at night, going to your apartment, and a cop just roll up on you, hit the wall, stop and frick. Well, damn it. <laughs> All because I'm walking while black in America. No, the whole kitten caboodle needs to be reexamined. It needs to change. And if you are not going to change it, you know, you guys are visiting the pain struggle okay you guys are visiting this is what I deal with on a daily basis it's one of the reasons why my life why black folks life expectancy is shorter than most white folks because there are certain stresses that this society puts on us that they don't have to deal with
1: they're getting shot by the police because they're afraid because your hands look like lethal weapons. But the rifle that the white person, that the white man pull out the truck when they shoot the police and the police refuse, it, that don't look like a lethal weapon. Right. I saw, I saw a video of a naked white man in the middle of a park pointing a gun at people, talking about they're going to shoot him and police. And check this out. They said they, and, and I, they were saying, I watched the video. They negotiated with this dude for like 20 minutes. He was naked with a gun, and they negotiated him with 20 minutes. Then they walked up with shields up until he dropped a gun and took him in. But Tamir Rice Rice got shot in seconds with a naked man with a real gun that they knew was a real gun. Is a lie because it took 20 minutes to negotiate with him. Talking so like, about you don't want to do this. But a child is dead because a cop, and I'm like this, I'm sorry. If you are, and it's like, it, it wasn't like you were sitting up there and you were all exposed. Because when the cop pulled up, he was on the driver's side, and when he got out, there was a car between him and Tamir. And if you could see a little kid with a gun and as a trained officer, you were so scared that you had to shoot before anything else because you were worried. And it wasn't like he was a big kid. You knew he was a child. And you were that scared? I'm sorry. I've never said this on. You're a bitch. You're a well,
4: punk-ass, cowardly bitch.
2: He didn't let's let's be painstakingly clear. He didn't get out the car. He drove up blasted. I haven't seen a yeah, drive like that since Ricky got shot on, yeah. on Boys in the Hood.
4: Yeah. The but I mean you are, a cowardly, thing. you are cowardly.
1: You a you a cowardly, scared bitch. And the fact that you yeah. have a gun is endemic of what's wrong with this country because there's no way you could hide that character. There's no way that you could not see how cowardly and scared and punkish you are! You can see it in your face and your expression, and the fact that somebody gave you a gun—that's endemic of the problem with this country. And, you know, and one kid, one kid said, and it was on Facebook. And it was, it was, it was, i thought it was so apropos. It was a little kid. He looked like he was about nine or ten. And I, although I don't, you know, condone this language among a kid. But, among, but the kid saw and said, no one told you, Scare your scary ass to become a policeman anyway. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's just, I'm just, yeah, but that, I mean, that right there, you know what I'm saying? And y'all talking about legislating this? Good, good I saw idea. a
2: comic strip. I saw a comic strip with a policeman on, the, uh, on a stool and a little black kid on the stool next to him. And the cop asked the little black kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little black kid's response was, alive.
1: How about that? And that, I know how that feels.
2: That's, that's not, some people may look at that and go, ha ha, oh, that's social commentary. No, that's <laughs> my life
4: that's what you know, people say
2: you know it's it, it's like this let's let's take this and make it nice okay and the late great little richard said this he said yeah you know in the 50s white kids had pat boom on the record player up top so when their parents came in they saw, oh, they're listening to Pat Boone records. When the parents went around, they were listening to Lou Richard. In the 60s, in the 80s, there was this uh, movie, and it was mainly Motown music, all yuppies, and they were the big chill generation. They were listening to Motown, and, oh, they knew all the Temptations and My Girl and all of this other stuff. I worked in um, in catering companies, and I would go into, uh, when I was in New York, I would go into country clubs for weddings and stuff, the main thing they were singing in those weddings. Oh, Motown. Oh, everybody was dancing. the Oh, Motown, Smokey Robinson, all of that stuff. So what I think about what's happening now is I've literally seen in the late 90s, early 2000s, Eminem. I, you know, because I do music and everything. Eminem was making records about, you know, being high, killing his mama, killing his baby mama, killing his producer. Like, it was just so much angst, death, and destruction and drug use on his records that were fucking ridiculous. Right? Mm
4: -hmm. And I got a couple of
2: Eminem records, and 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 I like him, so don't get me wrong.
4: But you He's a violent dude
2: White parents at that time would much rather have their kids listening to NW, I mean listening to M versus anyone else in rap music. KRS once said something I saw it on YouTube, where he said, "You know, you can go to any thrift shop in America. You know the one thing you never find in a thrift shop."
4: Yeah, I have guess what a, that clan, is?
1: a clan uniform? Clans,
2: <laughs> clan uniforms. You never see them. They're never. If if racism has died and this, that, and the other, wear the clan uniform. They don't die. They're inherited. They're put in a shelf and then they pass that shit along. The contract that makes us all feel good, and I'm not downing all white folks, but what I am saying is
3: you guys
2: co-opt the music and the struggle and then go back to your lives. This is a fucking vacation for y'all. Unfortunately, this is my everyday existence. Since the time I was nine years old to even now, you don't know what it's like to have a police car put on their sirens behind you, or not even put on their sirens, just pull out in the traffic behind you and you begin to sweat. Black America, this is what, what, what nobody else realizes. Black America has PTSD. We're born with that shit. Try that. We're born with PTSD. Never mind going to a war zone and doing that. We got that shit right here. They are just now thinking of naming uh, the Ku Klux Klan a terrorist organization. Really? Now? Now you are thinking about doing this. And when you see ridiculous stuff like just today, there's a photo on the Internet and on the news with Nancy Pelosi and several other folks in kente cloth. Kente cloth kneeling for a fucking photo op. That is as ridiculous to me as the fucking Cheeto man holding up a Bible in front of a damn church. Both of those things are equally ridiculous to me. Democratic white folks wearing kente cloth, kneeling, oh, see, we're down, because it's an election year. And honestly, I don't think you would see this many white folks out protesting and shit if COVID didn't happen. Because now it's just an excuse to go outside. Again, I was watching the news, and... This was in Seattle. They showed, you know, the protest in Seattle. They had some people off in the distance, you know, rallying and, you know, doing these cries. And, you know, in the foreground by the reporter, you know, and there was social distancing protesting. I don't understand that shit at all. But there was, you know, white folks on blankets eating cucumber sandwiches. And avocado
4: toast.
2: (laughs) The fuck? You're not an ally. You just needed some shit, a reason to get out of the fucking house. That's not an ally. You're visiting. I live here. So that's why I say, hey, you know, there are some people of other nationalities who really feel and embrace and enjoy this movement and and really wholeheartedly believe that shit has to change. Great. Come on in. We're wonderful. We're great to have you. Thanks for showing up.
4: You've been yeah, only if you're, every, if you're willing
2: year. to do something. I
4: don't every, care if you're every, showing every, up
1: every, if all you want to do is give lip service. I'm sorry, every okay. step of the
2: way. But, you know, you've been showing up every step of the way. But for me, I'm sorry. You know what? That's cute and all. That's good. If black lives really matter, black economics matter. Black neighborhoods matter. Black families matter. Not only do we have to reset the system without, we got to reset the system within. So that's my healing. That's my building. That's where I'm at. Now, some people may hear that and say, oh, well, he's talking about being a separatist and integration didn't work. Well, you know, I said it last week we kind of gave up a whole lot just so we could be able to sit next to white folks on the toilet. Both Malcolm and Martin were right at the height of this thing. Both of them were right. Maintain your businesses, but be able to also get the good government jobs, be able to become a police officer without having to inform on your own community be able to live somewhere other than this particular school system with um, a horrible school district in it. Be able to have the choice is great, but also police your neighborhood. If you if you don't live in a in a in a house and you live in an apartment, guess what? Hey, know your neighbors in the apartment. One thing in Cleveland, Ohio, that I've noticed, you'll have two people walking down the street. Right, they're looking at each mm-hmm. other, won't even say hi, good morning, nothing. We lived in New York, we lived in Brooklyn. You come out the train station, what's up, man? What's up? Because they know you be in the neighborhood. They notice you. They see you. What's up, dog? What's up, Godbody? Brooklyn, if you got dressed, hey, hey, Rastafari, I I, I had to move out of Brooklyn because I get get tired of being greeted all the damn time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But But it's that sort of thing. It's not and, and and you know People in Cleveland Oh man New Yorkers are rude No they're not They just got shit to do Not to say that racism and shit Don't exist up there Because huh, we know it does But There is also a sense of community There's also a sense of Who you are And it's also a sense of Keeping each other in check Hey man we don't do that around here We lived in a building with With D-Boys out on the corner. But they made sure that didn't happen on that block. Am I wrong? No. They kept that block clean. They kept that block clean. Nah, man. We ain't ain't doing that over here. Nah. Nah, son. We, We ain't doing that. Yo, man, pick up the bottle, dog. You ain't got to live like an animal. They just got a fucked up profession. But they had a sense of community.
1: Yeah, but they played Jaw Rule all night, and I just killed all of that. I'm sorry. I'm having flashbacks. I mean, yeah, was... like, yeah, that was terrible. I was like, you know what? But... If they play Ja Rule one more time, they just going to have to prove they got guns because I'm going to kill somebody. But... But that's that's that's. I digress. Um, we we got like eighteen minutes left. Um, we ain't taking calls. We haven't playing no music. You know, we got it in. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, in the end, basically, is this: we don't have to agree, but we do have to cooperate. We don't have to have the same methodology but we do have to have complementary means that will not prohibit or inhibit us getting from this collective goal that we say we want. And we have to also know history. We have to know trends, and we have to be able to recognize what's going on. you, you, it, you got to. Because if not, all we're going to do is what we've done before. Protest, get concessions, go home, and come back out again when they kill us. But the longer I live and the more that I see people who I love, I understand that sooner or later it's gonna to get to somebody who I love. It's just a matter of numbers and time. Thank God I I, I have faith in. I believe you can keep it from the numbers and times, but, you know, I understand that from the numbers and times, me, my mother, and my fr- brother are only a couple seconds away from being George Floyd. And I mean, not literally. Like, don't know what stopped the cops from shooting. Don't know what cop, you know, Maybe we got the one cop that wasn't afraid who just wanted to intimidate whatever. And I'm talking about each one of us because there was three different cops in three different states. But at one point, you get tired of waking up with knowing that there's a good possibility that this might be the last time you do it. Not for anything you've done, just but because of how you look and who you are. In the country you live And if you don't understand That's the reality So I'm going to read one thing And then I'm going to let Gypsy finish it out And then we can play a song or something And then go out But, um, but yeah I just This is going to sum up a lot of how I feel It's a poem called The Burn I've learned to read fire to see faces of the slain and smoke, to spell in broken glass, to decode the message of agitation, you've made peace impossible. To vent through braille fingertip messages left on bricks before throwing, to speak in footsteps collected on corners where murder is classified as death and rewarded by courts and cops with acquittals and reinstatement. Riots are visual conversations that fall on deaf ears, so we yell louder. Burning is the calligraphy of the voiceless, the projection of the disenfranchised. We are not destroying and igniting and walking just to protest. Deep inside the heart of our rage, fear, and frustration, we hope that all of our pain is in those flaming buildings. All of our suffering is being shattered with the glass. All our despair is being trampled on those corners that the loss of blood and breath will no longer be the ink that we use to write poems in fire. You know what? And I have another short one. I thought that was it, but that was one. This is the other. For all those soaked in pain and bereaved, inundated with the public and mutilated, mouths caught in repetitions of I can't breathe, Let me accurately interpret what was really being said at the point those brothers saw the face of death. The true translation is they tried to destroy me and take everything I have. When they couldn't succeed, they stole my breath, my breath. The only thing I need besides strength to raise up, they're shook because they're other racist efforts did not completely phase us. The oppressive nose and indomitable spirit is a weight too heavy to bear. So now they're waging war on our right to air. They're telling other black men, meet your hope and your faith. Because people, protest and politicians pontificate while we suffocate. So while the world figures out what's next, Brothers are looking for new techniques to spin, trying to figure out how long we can hold our breath. We appreciate the unrest and the agitator. But to that man face down on the ground making his last sounds, it doesn't mean shit without an oxygen mask or a ventilator. We can't breathe now. Now I look at my fathers, brothers, and sons differently. Attempting not to pass on the spirit of fear and uncertainty, but what advice or admonition do I pass on when there is a high definition lynching of a black man to prove that everything I say is wrong, mayors and governors saying this will take time, black men are saying we ain't got that damn long, we can't breathe now. Black men have petitioned the system. Black men have choked on civility and social outcry. But it seems we have no choice but to rise up and resemble the beast you claim you fear or passively lay under the pressure of the knees of hate until we die, which is not an option we are willing to try. This final statement is extremely well thought out, not hasty or zealous. And let this be so clear, even Crystal gets jealous. We don't care if the solution conflicts with blue codes, Societal modes, financial overloads, or the claims of no one knows how you can miss us with all that talk of future solutions. we can't breathe now. Rest of the show is yours, gyps
2: all right, let me say this um real quick uh so you got you got you got like eight minutes well Sunday because I, I want to play something. Yesterday okay. was June 7th. Um, there was a brother, ironically, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, rose to stardom in the music industry. He purposefully did what a brother from Oakland had did Almost twenty years prior to his rise his meteoric rise, he got a band He got a record contract, but he also put together a band multicultural multiracial multi- uh gender band, and he put his city. On the map, If it wasn't for him And some of his side projects He wouldn't have Janet Jackson wouldn't have Became the superstar that she is to Is today Despite being The baby sister Of Michael Jackson She wouldn't have reached the height She did in the music industry Okay. If you know the history or if you don't, just Google it, follow the family fucking tree. I'm not going into all that right now. But in one of my favorite albums by him, the title track, at the end of it, he says, If a bomb falls, if the night falls and a bomb falls, will anybody see the dawn in time? I kind of want to let that resonate with y'all. Because. George Floyd, the man who sparked this whole thing was from that same city. That city held this young man up as a icon. He was their favorite son. And he was, you know, a hero of mine because he had some of the baddest women on the planet and he was five foot nothing.
4: But he stood <laughs> as a giant. <laughs> it
1: was a you short know. people moment.
4: <laughs> yeah, hey
2: man, you know, short lives matter. Um
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know. Oh so I wanna take some time and just acknowledge Prince, because he did a lot, not only for black folks, short folks, the world, but also the city that was the catalyst for us even having this conversation to the level that we're having it globally now. So I want to wish him a happy belated birthday and play sign of the times for y'all. Take a listen, not only to the music, but also to the lyrics.
3: Everyone inside, you turn on the telling, every other story is telling you somebody died. My sister killed a baby because she couldn't afford to feed it, and it was sending people to the moon. September, my cousin tried Reva for the very first time.
2: Looking like it's about that time. A town.
1: My bad. I had myself muted. Yes, sir.
2: All right. Well, it's about that time. Give us the closing remarks.
1: Yo, be effective. Be effective. That's what I'm saying. Just be effective, bro. Be effective. Woo! That's it. I'm
2: done. All right. Well, be the change you want to see. And as always, keep your eye on the sparrow.
4: Don't go to bed with no price on your head. Perfect.